Lesson number 108, Surah At-Tawbah, ayah number 75 to 93. وَمِنْهُمْ and from them, مَنْ هُوْ عَهَدَ He made a covenant. With who? Allah, with Allah. Meaning from among the hypocrites, there are those who make promises with Allah. Over here, more characteristics, more habits are exposed. That what kind of people are munafiqeen. And in this we need to reflect on ourselves. That these are the traits of hypocrisy. Is there something like this that exists in me? Is this my habit also? Do I do this once in a while also? Have I done this in the past? Am I doing this right now? And if we find anything in ourselves, what is necessary? That we discontinue that, we stop that. Because remember that one trait of hypocrisy leads to another, which leads to another. And a person goes down the slippery road until he's in such a mess that he cannot come back. What are some of the common signs, common indications of hypocrisy? When he speaks, he lies. When he makes a promise, he breaks it. Right? And when an amana is deposited with him, what does he do? He is treacherous. Right? Earlier we also learned in these verses that they come to the prayer how? Lazily. How do they spend? Reluctantly. They don't like to spend in the way of Allah. There is hesitation over there. Right? And then we also learned that they hurt the Prophet They lie openly. They swear a lot. Right? They present false excuses. They don't like to exert any effort in the way of Allah. They just like to stay back. And for that, they will come up with the most lame excuses even. Now over here, what is it that we learn? That among them are those who make a promise with Allah. And what is that promise? That in surely if atana, He gave us min fadlihi from His bounty, lana sadaqanna. Surely we will definitely give sadaqa. Surely we will definitely give charity, we will spend in the way of Allah, وَلَنَكُونَنَّ And surely we will definitely be مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ of those who are righteous. Meaning a munafiq, he doesn't look at what he can do in the way of Allah. Firstly, he'll come up with an excuse. I can't do this because, you know, I'm too weak. You're gonna put me into fitna. The most lamest excuses. Right? And then another excuse is what? that I don't have anything to give. I hope Allah will give me money. I hope Allah will enrich me. You know, I really hope to do this one day as well. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. I don't have money right now. I hope Allah will let me do this. Pray for me. Somebody who wants to do something, who's made up his mind that yes, I'm going to do this. Are they stopped by the lack of resources? No. Are they stopped by the lack of cooperation? No. You see some children, they're like go-getters. Okay? They ask for candy, and you're like, no, you can't have it right now. What are they going to do? They're going to look at you, blink their eyes, thinking, thinking. They're going to go, grab a chair, Push it, push it, push it all the way to the cupboard where the candy is. They're going to climb on it. They're going to climb up, 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 up. And they're going to get what they want. Even if they fall in the way and get hurt, doesn't matter. My mom said, no, who cares? I want that candy, I'm going to go get it. You don't give it to me, I'll go get it. Do this stop anywhere? You threaten them, you're going to get a timeout. You threaten them, you're not going to getting any candy. Does it work? Doesn't work. This happens with children and this also happens with adults. 
There are people whose family will tell them, we're not going to financially support you at all if you do this. You're going to be grounded. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Do this stop? No. Because once a person is sincere in his intention, right? He's sincere in his goal that, yes, this is something that I want to do, then there is nothing stopping them. It doesn't matter if they don't have money. It doesn't matter if they have a disability. They want to do it, they will do it. But others who are just trying to please and satisfy the people who are around them, what do they say? Oh, you know what? I don't have time right now. Maybe in a month, maybe, pray for me, I'll do it. I don't have the resources right now. Maybe after two years, pray for me. But if it's really important to you, then what will you do? You will do it right now. So the munafiqeen, they have a lot of money to spend on their children, to spend on their food, to spend on their clothing, on their houses, on their fragrances. But when it comes to spending in the way of Allah, when it comes to going for hajj, they will say, لَإِنْ آتَانَ اللَّهِ مِنْ فَضْلِ If Allah gives us, we'll do it. So they're basically blaming Allah. I really want to do it, Allah doesn't give me. I would really like to do this, but you know, if Allah were to solve this problem for me, if this problem in my life would be resolved, then I will do this and this and this. So amongst the hypocrites are also those who say, if Allah blesses us with money, definitely we will spend in charity. And we will be of the righteous. We will support this Islamic cause. We will support that Islamic cause. And we will go for hajj. We'll do a lot of ibadah. We'll go for hajj. But what happens? فَلَمَّا then when أَتَاهُمْ He gave them مِنْ فَضْلِهِ From His bounty. When Allah actually gives them, they have the time, they have the money. What happens? بَخِلُوا بِهِ They became stingy with it. Meaning they didn't want to spend it in the way of Allah. They became stingy. وَتَوَلَّوْا And they turn away. وَهُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ And they're actually those who turn away. Meaning this is their habit. They always turn away. Before also they turned away, they made an excuse, I don't have, I can't. And now when Allah gave them the opportunity, they turn away as if they never made a commitment in the past. As if they never made dua to Allah that, Ya Allah, if you give this to me, I will do such and such. Making a promise with anybody means what? That you have to fulfill it. If you're making a commitment, then you have to fulfill it. And making a promise with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something very serious. What happens is that sometimes we find an opportunity to do something good. Learn something, read a book, take a class. If we really want to do it, we pick up that book immediately and we start reading. Correct? And if we are not really sincere and committed, then what do we do? We say, yes, when I have the time, then I'll read it. So yes, you put the book by your bedside. And then a month goes by and you haven't even touched it. It's only collecting dust. And then eventually you're like, you know what, I'll just put it back in the bookcase. And then it goes from one place to another to another. And you don't end up reading it. Why? Because you didn't really want to read it. If you actually wanted to read it, what would you do? Open it up. You would grab the opportunity that is coming before you. So there are some people who blame the circumstances always. I can't do this because of this and this. I can't do this because of that and that. But there are others who take responsibility. That no, I have to make myself do it if it's important to me. 
And once you are sincere in your niyyah, then Allah will definitely provide you with the opportunity. One is that you make this genuine, sincere intention. Right? And for that sincere intention, also a person is rewarded. If he doesn't get the opportunity, no problem. Because he was sincere in his intention, so Allah will reward him for that. What's the problem over here? Not being sincere in the intention even. Not being sincere in the intention. And how is that proven? That when Allah gives the opportunity, a person doesn't avail it. At that time also he turns away. Assalamu alaikum. I had a story to share with all of you. It's something that happened um, recently. A friend of mine who studied Talim al-Quran with us, she had to go back home to India to sort out some problems. And when she was going, she bought a mushaf saying that, Inshallah, I'm going to do Dawre Quran, it's Ramadan. And she did Dawre Quran and then she had to stay in India. She's got four children and she put them in schools there, in Islamic schools, so-called Islamic schools. And her daughter would come home and say, I was beaten and my hijab was pulled off by the PT teacher, whatever. And then my friend would go and tell them and they would stop that with her kids and they would do it with other kids and she decided, no, I'm going to start an Islamic school. And one thing she noticed was majority of the people in India are youth and all of them are very far from the religion. She said, there's two things that impress the people. One is having lavish weddings. Another thing is cooking and eating. Besides that, she said, people not bothered about, you know, what to do with the children or with the youth. So she decided she's going to start a school. And then she called up all her cousins who were in the States and said, look, this is my plan. I'm going to start a non-profit organization. I want all of you to help me because these are our kids. They are from our Ummah and they are going astray. So they all said, okay, we're going to put in so much, whatever. And she was very happy. And then the next thing they asked her, when your school starts to make money, what is in it for us? And then she decided she's not going to go and take any money from them. And she approached various foundations in the States. And they said, you know, we maxed out our funds. We don't fund people in India, whatever. And most of her relatives, they said, don't be silly. You're a woman. What can you do? You're going to change all of society by yourself? Go back to Canada and raise your kids. She said, you know, the more they told me, the more determined I am that I'm going to do something. So she said, do you know somebody in Saudi Arabia? I am going for Umrah and Ramadan. Do you know somebody who will help me with some funds even to buy a piece of land? I'll build the place myself by whatever means I can. You know, she's so determined. I made dua and I cried that day. I said, oh Allah, this is like she's telling me, I'm all alone, come out here. I wish I could just chuck up whatever I'm doing, get on that flight and go and help her. I made a lot of dua and asked all of you to make dua for her, that Allah help her. And inshallah, she's so determined. Allah will help So it's with the intention, right? Determination, that resolve. So some people, they just blame the circumstances, they say, not possible, it's not going to happen, and they just keep dreaming and wishing. And even when Allah does provide them with the opportunity, they don't avail it. So this is of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is what? Being insincere, Right? So those who are sincere, they make do with whatever they have. And those who are insincere, they will come up with excuses, one after the other. So what happens? فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ بَخِلُوا بِهِ وَهُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ And they turn away. 
For the expedition to the book, what were the believers told? Infiru, khifafan wa thiqalun. Whatever situation you're in, go forth. Doesn't matter you are weak, you are tired, you are sick, you have, uh, you know, your harvest. Doesn't matter. Go out in the way of Allah. No excuses. So sometimes the situation is such that we have to do whatever we have to and we can't wait for the ideal time. If we wait for the ideal time, then who knows by the time that the situation is ideal, we're not that motivated anymore. Right? Or there's something else that's occupying us. So some people, they say, you know, if only I get married, then inshallah I will be so righteous. If only, you know, I have a job, then I will do such and such. So many people, they say, you know what, many children, you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. Why? Because I want to treat people for free. And then what happens? Where do those doctors go? Where do they go? They're busy building their own houses and their own villas, right? And they're busy with their own family and their own children. And they say, oh, you know what? Reality check. There are too many problems in the world and me, one person, can't solve all those problems. Right? So what happens? They became stingy with it. How many times is it that we think when we learn about the reward of charity, you know, when I get my gold, when I get married, I'm going to give half of it in the way of Allah. And then what happens when that gold actually comes? I'm like, oh, I only have this much. They become stingy with it. If only I have this blessing, if only Allah solves this problem for me, I'll do this and this and this. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, this I reminded me why the present times call it a present. It's a present for us right now because tomorrow might not belong to us. Exactly. But today is ours and we need to take advantage of it all the way. Yes. Today is a present, right? Today is present. So take it as a present and avail it. Use it. Don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow things might change. And your niya might change and you might not be able to fulfill your dreams. So start working on them now. You know like they say, if you have dreams, then wake up. Right? If you have dreams, then wake up. The first thing you have to do is wake up and start working on fulfilling your dreams. Assalamu When a person struggles during the time of difficulty, when it becomes easy for them, they're already you know, so motivated to do it that when it becomes easier for them, they do more than they did when they were struggling. Yes, very true. And if you wait for that easy time, then what's going to happen? You're not going to have that motivation, right? Like for example, Alhamdulillah, so many of you have been coming here for two plus years now. At the beginning it was difficult. Every weekend was like, oh, oh, again, again. And then now what happens? It's like second nature. Okay, Friday night you're preparing for your class the next morning. It's second nature, it becomes easier. And if you wait to graduate, if you wait until your children are older, if you wait until you know, you're done working, who knows if that time will ever come? And who knows how much more busy you'll be by then? Each day, you are increasing in your work. Right now you're single, tomorrow you'll be married, and then the day after you'll be having children, and then you have one child, and then you'll have more. With each day, your work increases. So don't delay what is important. Do it now. And this way of making promises with Allah in atana, setting these conditions. Oh Allah, if you give me, then I'll do it. But if you don't give me, I'm not going to do it. Allah has given you already so much. 
And you can do so much with what you have right now. So do it. Don't blame Allah. Don't set conditions with Allah. And later on turn away. So those who turn away, Allah says, what happens? فَأَعْقَبَهُمْ So He penalized them. أَعْقَبَهُمْ from عَيْنْ قَافْ بَ عِقَاب What does عِقَاب mean? Punishment. عَقِبْ is heel. So it is what punishment that follows a sin, a crime. So أَعْقَبَهُمْ They broke their promise with Allah. So what happened? Allah punished them. He sent after them the punishment. What punishment? Nifaqan, hypocrisy. Fi qulubihim in their hearts. As a result of this breaking their promises with Allah, what happened? Allah punished them. And what was that punishment? Nifaq, hypocrisy, took place in their hearts. And this hypocrisy, it became so firmly rooted that it will remain ila yawmi yalqawnahu until the day they meet him. Meaning until they die basically. They're not going to repent from this hypocrisy. Just like we discussed earlier. It begins with an innocent crime. And then what happens when a person deviates? Then Allah causes their heart to deviate. Right? Over here it seems as though Allah is to blame. That Allah is making them hypocrites. But that's not the way. What happens? A person commits a crime. He breaks his promise with Allah. He lies. Allah gives him a chance to repent. The person does not take advantage, he doesn't repent, then Allah punishes him. So what happens? فَأَعْقَبَهُمْ نِفَاقًا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ إِلَى يَوْمِ يَلْقَوْنَهُ Until the day they meet him, they will remain as hypocrites. Why? بِمَا أَخْلَفُ اللَّهَ Because they went against, they broke their promise with Allah. مَا وَعَدُوهُ That which they had promised him. They made a promise and they broke that promise. وَبِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ And because they used to lie. So two reasons. For the birth of hypocrisy. What are those two reasons? Breaking promises and lying. Breaking promises and lying. When you've made a promise with Allah or with people, make sure it's a true promise. You actually intend to do it. If you don't intend to do it, that's a lie in itself. And once you make that promise, fulfill it. Don't lie later on. Oh, I didn't really promise that. It's like many people in a fundraiser, they'll get very emotional. And they'll raise up their hand, yes, I'll give a thousand dollars. And then what happens afterwards? During the fundraiser, they have so many figures, two hundred thousand dollars of actually, they're supposed to collect because this is how much people committed for. And how much money is it that they actually receive from the people? How much is it? Maybe fifty thousand? Maybe twenty thousand? All those pennies and coins that you know brought together, maybe they'll add up to fifty thousand. The promises, the pledges that people made, yes, I'll give a thousand, I'll give five thousand. Where are those promises? The people go and hide. They don't show up. They never mail that check. This is a lie. This is breaking a promise with who? With the people and with Allah. So what happens as a result? Hypocrisy. Then a person becomes a hypocrite and that hypocrisy gets worse. And if we've ever made a mistake like that in the past, we promised to help someone, we made a niyyah that we're going to spend in the way of Allah. When I have my job, I'm going to spend this much money in Allah's way. And if we're not fulfilling those promises, what is important? That we start fulfilling them now. Because otherwise, this is very dangerous. 
فَأَعْقَبَهُمْ نِفَاقًا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ إِلَى يَوْمِ يَلْقَوْنَهُ بِمَا أَخْلَفُ اللَّهَ مَا وَعَدُوهُ وَبِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ Allah says, أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا Do they not know? أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُوا That indeed Allah knows سِرَّهُمْ Their secret وَنَجْوَاهُمْ And their private conversations Meaning, who are they trying to deceive? When they make that false intention Whether it is سِر سِر is what? A secret, what a person keeps in his heart Hmm? And najwa is what? A private conversation. So whether they keep something in their heart or they share with someone secretly, doesn't Allah already know? He knows. So who are they trying to deceive? When they say, yes, we will spend in the way of Allah. Yes, we will give this much. And yes, we will do such and such good deed. Did Allah not know when you made that intention? Yes. Allah knew about it. So who is it that a person is trying to deceive? وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ And that indeed Allah is knower of the unseen. Allah knows about every unseen. You see, if you make a promise with a person, I promise I will do this for you. Or I promise I will start doing this. And later on they see that you're not fulfilling your promise. What happens? They come and ask you, Hey, where's my money? Hey, where's this? You said you were going to do it. Where is it? They come after you. Right? So what happens is that the fear of people, it makes us fulfill our promise. She's going to ask me, what if she tells my mom? What if she tells my dad? What if you know something terrible happens? No matter how difficult it is, I better do it. I better fulfill my promise because otherwise I'm going to be in trouble. But what happens is we make promises with Allah. When I'm 16, I'm going to start wearing hijab. When I'm 20, I'm going to start wearing hijab. And what happens we turn 16, we turn 20. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still not, not ready for it. I'm not going to do it right now. And then in their heart, in the heart there is this guilt. I was supposed to start wearing hijab when I was 20. I was supposed to start wearing hijab when I graduated from high school because this is something that I had promised to do. And I'm not doing it still. Guilt, guilt, guilt. And then what happens? A person is guilty. They don't feel like making dua. They don't feel like their fasting means that much. They don't feel like their other good deeds mean that much. And so what happens? There is a distance that comes between the servant and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And then you're guilty even lifting up your hands. You're guilty doing anything. You lose that motivation. It takes you farther and farther. So remember that if you made the intention in your heart, okay, I'm going to do this when I get married. I'm going to do this when I hit 20. then you better do it. Because Allah knows what you said in your heart. Allah knows the promise you made with yourself and with Him. He knows. Your mom might not know, your dad might not know, but Allah knows. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ He is the knower of the unseen. غُيُوب Allah says, الَّذِينَ There are those who يَلْمِزُونَ They criticize. Meaning, The hypocrites do nothing themselves. When it comes to spending in the way of Allah, they say, if Allah gives, we will give too. They blame Allah. They do nothing themselves. And those who are actually doing something, they criticize them. It's like, you ask someone, come, everybody clean up. And they're like, yes, if Allah wants. And they just sit on the couch, and they just stare at everybody. And the people who are dusting, oh, you left that part out. <laughs> Vacuuming. Oh, you missed that corner. You know what? Get up and do it yourself. 
Stop criticizing others, get up and do it yourself. So this is something that the munafiqeen do also. They do nothing themselves and instead they just comment on others. They criticize others. الَّذِينَ يَلْمِزُونَ They criticize. الْمُطَّوِّعِينَ مُطَّوِّعِينَ is a plural of مُطَّوِّعِ From the root letters, And طَوْعِ is obedience. That when a person willingly obeys, happily obeys. And مُطَّوِّعِ is basically used for someone who performs voluntary good deeds. He's not obligated to, but he voluntarily does it, happily does it. Like for example, zakat is mandatory, but giving sadaqah, what is that? Tatawwur. It is voluntary. Right? Likewise, praying the fard salah, that is something that you don't have an option with. But when it comes to voluntary prayer, what is that? Salah to tatawwur. Voluntary prayer. So tatawwur is a term that is used for voluntary good deeds. So mutawwi'een refers to those who spend in the way of Allah voluntarily, happily, but the munafiqeen, what do they do? They criticize them. And who are these mutawwi'een? Min al-mu'minina, from among the believers. So they criticize them concerning what? Fis-sadaqat, concerning the charities. At the expedition to the book, you know, Abu Bakr who brought everything he had. Umar who brought half of his entire possessions. Uthman who also spent generously. Abdurrahman bin Auf also spent generously. We learned that he gave about 4,000 dirham. If you hear somebody spending $4,000, even that's a big deal. He gave 4,000 dirham. Asim bin Adi, he gave a hundred wasaq of dates. One wasaq, okay, is a whole lot. Uh, it's about more than two and a half kilograms. Don't write this down, I'm just trying to, it's an estimate that I'm giving you. It's, it's a certain number of sar, and each sar is two and a half kilograms, okay? So it adds up to about 6,000 sa'ar, which equals 6,000 times 2.5 kilograms. So imagine 2.5 kilograms multiplied by 6,000. How much would that be? Over 12,000 kilograms. Can you imagine? 12,000 kilograms of dates he gave, because it was 30,000 people, man. He gave all of that in the way of Allah. Now when the munafiqeen who weren't spending anything themselves, when they saw Muslims spending so generously, they said, show off. Look at him. How much he's coming up with? What is he trying to show? He's very rich. What is he trying to show? He's very generous. So, yalmizuna. They were criticizing those who were spending in the way of Allah voluntarily, accusing them of riya. Walladina. And on the other hand, those people who la yajduna, they do not find illa except juhdahum, their effort. Remember the word juhd I explained to you earlier? Effort, striving. Because they don't have much financial means. So what do they have to offer? Services. So for example, one companion, he worked all night long and he earned only a handful or two of dates. So what did he have to offer? That only. It was his striving, his effort that he had to offer. So he offered that. So what happened? The munafiqeen, when they saw, فَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ They started mocking at them. Really? This is what you're going to spend in order to go face the Romans? يَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ That with a handful of dates, they're going to go fight the Romans and be victorious. Look at them. These people are not living in reality. Some people, they do the job with whatever capacity they can. If they can spend money, they spend that. If they can offer their 
work, they do that. And others, they just sit and comment and comment. Like politicians, they just talk. Right? They don't do it. They don't actually do anything. This is a sign of nifaq. And there's something that we need to worry about. Because unfortunately, we like to talk a lot. If there is a fundraiser, and we happen to be there, we say, I don't know how people can just raise their hand and say they're willing to contribute $10,000. I mean, isn't that showing off? And then they say, look at these people, they're spending only pennies. They're giving only a few cents. Hmm? They think they're going to build a masjid with these few cents. What did you give? What did you give? Nothing. Oh, you know what? It's between me and Allah. It's between me and Allah. I will give secretly. When? When? Never. Never. This is the attitude of people who talk a lot. They don't do anything, they just like to comment on others. So, الَّذِينَ يَلْمِزُونَ الْمُطَّوِّعِينَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِينَ فِي الصَّدَقَاتِ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا جُهْدَهُمْ فَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ They mock at them. They make fun of them. Now what do we learn over here? You see what is mentioned? الَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا جُهْدَهُمْ There are some people, if they don't have the money, they still don't stop. They say, okay, I cannot give a hundred dollars, maybe I can give a hundred minutes. Hmm? Because the one who truly wants to go in the way of Allah, then like we discussed earlier, there is nothing that will stop them. Nothing at all. If they don't have the money, they will spend their time. Right? Recently I learned about this one girl who made it to the news selling cookie boxes. Cookies. Right? How many did she sell? Does anyone remember? Okay, but a lot. Okay? A lot. In a very short amount of time. And what was it that she did basically? She asked everybody. She raised so much money which she didn't have in her pocket. If she asked her parents, could you give me this much money to give to this cause, would they give it? Perhaps not. But what did she do? A lot of work out and about asking every random person, would you like a box of cookies? Hmm? And then what happened? With that effort, with that striving, how much money did she raise? A lot. A lot. We just think, oh, khair inshallah, you know, Allah knows my knee, I don't have the money. Allah is generous in reward. But the work needs to be done. If you don't have the money, come and offer your services. Why should you stay back? I just wanted to say that many people come here on the weekends and after that there's a lot of mess. It's very difficult to clean. On that day, suddenly one person came secretly and cleaned all the washrooms. And then when we were going, they would all spick and span, clean it and clean. And she contributed. And we don't know who was that. So Jazakallah for that person. Now, one is that we say, you know, if I had the money, if my husband gave me more money, I could probably put some money in the donation box. Hmm? But my husband, he's too like this and he's too like that. We make excuses, right? But don't we know how to clean? Don't we clean our own washrooms? Don't we vacuum our own houses? We do, right? So one way of serving the religion is putting the money in the box. And the other way of serving the religion is what? Exerting your effort yourself. وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا Whatever that you can do, whatever strength that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. You bake really well, sometimes, once in a while, if you're baking your banana bread or whatever, make double. And bring one. Give it at the cafeteria. You can't give money, 
But at least you can share half of your banana bread. Or maybe one. You're making a whole lot of cookies. How many will you eat with this guilt? I'm getting fat, I'm getting fat. <laughs> you baked one dozen, bring half a dozen. You know the first time that we started raising money for this building? How it started? All these lovely aunties, every day they would bring nice food. Samosas and pakoras and you know all these nice things that you get to eat once in a while when you go to somebody's house for a party. Right? So all this food they would bring. And there was, I remember there was a huge glass jar. Okay? And what they would do is nobody would bring lunch from home. They would just buy every day. You know, one dollar, fifty cents, two dollars. And with that, alhamdulillah, they collected so much money every day. Just bake sales. Just bake sales basically. So sometimes you have the money to give and sometimes you don't have that. But why should you stay behind? What about your ajr? What are you going to have on the Day of Judgment? The Sahaba, they were so conscious of this, they went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, those who have a lot of money, they've gone ahead of us. What are we going to do? So the Prophet ﷺ taught them certain adhkar, that you say that, and inshallah you'll also earn a lot of good deeds. They didn't want to stay behind. But then the wealthy companions, they learned those adhkar also. So then they're like, what do we do? The Prophet ﷺ said, that's the fadl of Allah. That Allah gives to whomsoever He pleases. But the fact is that if you really want to do something, Allah will definitely, definitely give you the opportunity. You just have to do it yourself. And you know whom Allah gives opportunity to? The one who shows that He wants to do it. The one who shows that He wants to do it. Yes. Assalamu alaikum. I've noticed that most of the Islamic institutions usually strive on volunteers. And most of them are students who maybe don't have enough means, but they have the time and the energy. And you'll see time and time again, when you go to different institutions, you'll find the same people who volunteer over and over and over again. They've been doing it for 10, 15 years, they're still there. Yeah. In different Ready places. Ready to go. Not just in one cause, but in so many different causes. Right? Because they have that spirit. Somebody was telling me they were reading a book on volunteerism. It was basically something of that nature. But anyway, they were saying that they had mentioned in the book that when people are working as a volunteer, without any material you know, incentive, then what happens is that they're very passionate about their work. They're very passionate. But as soon as they're offered even a little bit of material compensation, then what happens is that they become lazy in their work. This is something that's scientifically proven based on a lot of research. So when you're doing something for the sake of Allah, without expecting any material gain, in return, then you have that passion. But as soon as you start thinking, what about me and what about this and what about that, even a little bit, then your work, it declines. It declines. So what is necessary? That you bring about that passion, you have that burning desire to serve Allah, to serve His religion, and Allah will provide you the opportunity. And those who just stay back and talk and mock at others, فَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ Allah says, سَخِرَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah mocks at them. Those who mock at the believers, Allah will mock at them. Meaning Allah will create a situation in which these people will be laughed at. Today they laugh at the believers, tomorrow they will be laughed at. سَخِرَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ And for them is a painful punishment. Mocking at others, making fun of others is not a small crime. It's something quite serious. It's something that Allah will punish. How? 
there's something in the Quran that we learn about that the recompense for an evil is an evil like it. وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٍ مِثْلَهَا The recompense for an evil is an evil exactly like it. So if a person makes fun of another, then what will happen? He will be made fun of. He will be made fun of. This is why we see that the Salaf, they were even conscious about laughing at animals. That today if I laugh at a dog, because of what he's doing or how he's walking, or I laugh at a donkey, I'm afraid that tomorrow I will be laughed at. Those who mock others, they are mocked at. So, يَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ Allah says, سَخِرَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah is going to mock at them. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ For them is a painful punishment. And an example of this mockery is that on the Day of Judgment we learn that when people will be crossing the bridge, there will be complete darkness. Complete darkness. And how is it that people will cross? With their light. So the munafiqeen, they will say to the believers, wait for us, we were with you. Share with us some of your light. Share with us. And they'll be almost catching up with the believers in order to be with them, in order to share their light with them. But what will happen? A wall will be placed between them. A wall will be placed between them. People who are arrogant today, they laugh at others. On the day of judgment, they'll be resurrected like ants. Like ants, small and being trampled, looked down on by everybody. So remember, what we do to others, that is how we will be dealt with. The way we deal with others, that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to deal with us. This is why in the Quran, what does Allah say? أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَن يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Do you not wish that Allah should forgive you? So if you want Allah to forgive you, what should you do with others? You forgive them. So if you laugh at others, Allah will have you laughed at. And if you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. If you appreciate others, Allah will appreciate you. If you thank others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you. If you look down on others, you'll be contemptible. If you humble yourself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise you up. Allah will elevate you. Right? So remember, the way we deal with others, that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to deal with us. So be very careful when laughing at others. Laughing with others is different, but laughing at others, not acceptable. And today, unfortunately, in the name of entertainment, in the name of comedy, this is something that is permissible. Pick anybody, and mock at them. The way they talk, the way they dress up, the way they speak, the way they move. And how is that a talent, being able to imitate others? How is it a talent? But people think, oh wow, look at that. They can do it so well. And they laugh and laugh. They will pay in order to see somebody making fun of others and imitating others. They didn't do anything themselves. They're just copying others. So this is something that must be avoided. Recitation of these ayat. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهَ لَئِنْ آتَانَا مِنْ فَضْلِهِ لَنَصَّدَّقَنَّ وَلَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمْ بَخِلُوا بِهِ وَتَوَلَّوا وَهُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ 